0: Welcome to CT Church. This message was recorded during our Sunday service. We hope you enjoy this presentation. This morning, our guest speaker, man, we go back a long ways. We were both youth pastors when we first met. He was a very young youth pastor, and I was a very old youth pastor. And, uh, for the last uh, 17 years, he has served as associate pastor at Westover Hills uh, Assembly of God and is now, though currently, he is a liaison with One Child Matters. It's a great ministry that we've been involved with as a church for many years. And so this morning, Pastor Mark, welcome him this today as he comes and explains how wonderful all of us are. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Doug. Well, it's my joy and honor to be with you here today and share God's word. Um, I want to say to to the church congregation how proud I am to see what you guys have done today and the emphasis that you've placed on your pastors. Um, you know, I will I will I've been in ministry since full-time ministry since 93, and I can tell you over the few decades of ministry that I've been in, not every church does this, and sometimes you never know what goes on behind the scenes. So for you as a church and your church leadership, your church board that would take time this month as pastor appreciation and, and for this particular day, uh, I just want to commend you and say thank you so much. Believe me, because I've as, a, as being in ministry and being on staff at a church for so long, uh, this, these types of events, really, these types of moments really appreciate, uh, really um, encourage us. And um, I commend you. So let's just, I just want to appreciate you guys for what you're doing and your leadership to honor your pastors uh, this morning. You know, this morning, my message that I want to share with you, I believe God's placed on my heart for today, is really designed for a couple of reasons, For, for the church as a whole, for you as individuals, but also for the pastors that are here. You know, I'm convinced today that God, God has placed a dream in each inside of every one of us. God has something very specific for us to do as individuals. I think He has something specific for us to do collectively as the body of Christ. But there are many times that those dreams get dormant, and I want to, I want to preach this message to hopefully re- resurrect that in your life today, and also for pastors that whatever dream God has placed in your hearts, whatever God has called you to do here at CT, that God would just continue to rekindle that fire. You know, there are many times that life is, life is not easy. Life is definitely not easy, and we have found that this year, what a year we have had like none other. And we look back, as, as Pastor Doug and Janet have been here since 2000, quickly, a couple years after that, how our world changed in two thousand and when nine eleven hit and and right after that you know terrorism entered into our world and and then it just kind of continued. We've just dealt with that, and you know, I'll tell you as a side note, we need to pray for generation z this this new generation that's coming up, you know, as they are going to have to lead the body of Christ in the next ten to twenty years, but it has just been a challenge after challenge after challenge for the church, and i like I know that the enemy would like nothing more than to to keep the dreams of the church dormant, to keep them stuffed down, keep them, keep them underground. And I want to tell you today that I want to encourage you this morning that whatever dream God has given you as a church, whatever dream God has given you as an individual or as a pastor, let that be resurrected. Let that be resurrected today. So if you have your Bibles, I'm going to invite you to open up to Exodus, Exodus chapter 1. And we're going to hang out there now. If you haven't heard me preach before, I like to use a lot of scripture. It's a lot easier to let God's word just tell a story. Amen. <laughs> I'm just gonna kind of enter in thoughts here and there. But I'm gonna I want you to just kind of hold with me. I'm gonna take you through a story of quite a few years, but I believe it's very appropriate to to, to explain explain this particular story. And I've titled my message God Given Dreams. God given dreams. Now, what keeps us from our dreams? Many times, circumstances in life, mistakes, hurts, things that we've gone through, seasons of life, people hurt us. There's a lot of things that have happened that many times will try to keep us down and really steal the dream that God has given us. And today I want to talk about a man by the name of Caleb who had a dream. And something different about, about Caleb, we read a lot about, we, we like to study and, and preach a lot about, about jo, uh, of Joshua, and you, and you should, and he's an incredible man of God. But many times we put Caleb to the side, and I want to talk about Caleb today because there's something powerful, I believe, that we can all receive today, not only, again, as a church, as individuals, but as pastors, as you guys move forward. Can I tell you that Pastor Doug and his team is not wanting to go at this alone? They have no desire to fight this fight alone. They're not up here to be the only ones doing the ministry and preaching. It's about you collectively getting on board with them and fighting the fight with them. Whatever dream God has placed in your elite pastors, I encourage you that you would embrace that dream and get in the game and help them fight the fight. Don't give up. But it is this man, Caleb, who held on to a dream. Now, let me give you the setting very quickly of the history of the of God's people. So for 400 years in Egypt, we know that they were they were they were prisoners, they were slaves for five and they all they knew was being a slave. And we know that Moses was raised up and he led them out of of Egypt and they were on their way to the promised land. And they get all their way, they finally get all their way to the promised land. They've passed the Red Sea. God's been amazing. They've seen some, some crazy things happen, God's faithfulness taking care of them. They finally get to the border of the promised land, and we all know the story. They send in the spies, and then they have, to, for whatever reason, because of the report that 10 of, them, 10 of them gave, they were not able to take what God had given them, and they end up for 40 years in the desert once again. They had a promise. They had something that was amazing. They were all given a dream, and it slipped through their hands. But I, I have as I've read this story and as I've seen what, what Caleb did, I want to share three things that I believe we all need to do what Caleb did in order to hold on to the dream that God God had given them. Would you bow your heads as I pray. Lord, we love you today and we thank you God for your blessings. God, I thank you, dear Lord, for your presence that's in this place. Lord, I ask you, dear Lord, that as we dive into your word today, as we look at the life of Caleb, God may it resurrect something inside of us today. God, may there be a dream that may have been dormant in people's hearts and lives. I pray that that would be resurrected today to do something amazing for you. Bless your word. Bless your people today. And all God's people said, amen, amen. God had challenged them to take a land. God had challenged them to take an area to campaign through there and, and take a land that it was completely designed for them. And for whatever reason, because of past mistakes, because of doubt, because of of a whole generation that did not believe, they were not able to possess the land the first time they were there at the border. They were right there. They were right there. And they had to spend time in, in the desert. But let me share with you some things that I believe that Caleb did. First of all, if you're going to keep the dreams that God has given you, you need to have a courageous spirit. If you are going to move forward in this life as a God-fearing person, if you are going to hold on to the dream that God has given you and move forward and accomplish that, you need to have a courageous spirit. Here's what a courageous spirit is. A courageous person is someone who does not let their present circumstance define them. Let me say that one more time. A courageous person is someone who does not let their present circumstance define them, but instead lets God and who he is define their view of themselves. Many times we need to look at how God sees us, not how our circumstance sees us. And sometimes the reason why we cannot be courageous is because we let our circumstance get the best of us. And Caleb, Caleb was a man who allowed God to view him. Caleb was a man who allowed God to define him as someone who is is courageous. First of all, Understand Caleb's background. For the first 40 plus years of his life, what was he? He was a slave. All he knew was slavery. All he knew was no rights. All he knew was hard work. All he knew was, was, was the, the whip. All he knew is to submit. That's his, that was his world. That was his life for 40 years. In fact, in the, in, in the text here, in Exodus chapter 1, verse 11, I'm going to jump around in a couple verses in this chapter. Here's what it says. So the Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves, crushing labor, without mercy. They made their lives bitter. They were ruthless in all their demands. Think about that. Crushing, without mercy, lives bitter, ruthless, all these things. That was Caleb's life and God's people's life. For 400 years, they had been slaves. They had no rights. It goes on in in, um, uh, Exodus 13, 14, and it says, And the Lord brought us out of Egypt of the place of our slavery. God had to pull them out of that. You know, many times we find ourselves in a place where we are enslaved to our past, to a past hurt, to a past disappointment, some from a past mistake. And the devil wants nothing more than to keep you there. we got to graduate ourselves. we got to fight our way out of that. You can't just stay slaves to the past. You can't stay slave to your past mistakes. You need to allow God to heal that and get you out of that. And they were slaves. That's all they knew. And Somehow Caleb had the ability to have a courageous spirit in spite of everything that he was about. Everything that how he grew up. Caleb was born a slave, and for the first 40 years of his life, he had the mentality of a slave. And God begins to, to stir inside of him, even though he had no rights, no power. A whole generation, all they knew was being a slave, and God was beginning to develop inside Caleb a courageous, a courageous spirit. In spite of being against all odds, in spite of being against, against Pharaoh's army, God's people saw the hand of God as they left Egypt, as they left captivity. God's people saw the hand of God as they crossed the Red Sea. God's people saw the hand of God when they were in the desert and he supplied food. God's people continually saw the hand of God through every step of their journey. And I'll tell you what, in this journey, in this life, it is not easy. You're going to have to have a courageous spirit if you're going to obtain the dreams that God has given you. We have to be people that are going to hold on to God's dream, but we're going to have to be courageous. And let's be honest, sometimes being courageous is not easy. Sometimes being a courageous church, sometimes being a courageous pastor. There's been seasons where maybe I was preaching and maybe I was giving it with with everything I had physically, but inside I was hurting. There's been many times that sometimes we just have to fight. We just have to find that, 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 that courageous character inside of us. But in spite of all this, there's one thing that I there's a couple things that I believe Caleb was able to obtain during this season of even being a slave, even being being taken out of slavery. Caleb allowed God to define him. Now it was very easy if you were God's people during that time, if you were if you were uh, one of the the Israelites, to be able to say that I am defined as a slave. But but Caleb was a man who said, you know what, I am not a slave. Not only am I not a slave, but I am, loved. I am loved by God. He said, look, even though they were in a, in, a, in a time where they had no rights, even though they were in a time where they had to really move on out of the, the, the circumstance that they were in in their life, Caleb recognized that he was not a slave. He allowed God to define him. And here's what I'm saying to you this morning. Don't let your circumstance define you. Let the God who absolutely loves you and has a plan for your life define your life. Whatever dream that you may have, maybe you've been a slave to this pandemic. Maybe you've been a slave to to the the depression that many of this has brought us to. I'm going to say fight through that. Pray through that. Resurrect that dream that God has given given you and don't and be courageous. Caleb was convinced that he is loved by God and a loving God would not send him out to fail courageous he was courageous through all those now we know that when they went into the promised land the first time Moses sent 12 of them into the promised land kind of as a reconnaissance to go check it out to see what it's like see what the land is like see what the the buildings are like see what how they were going to have to possess the land how they were going to attack all these things and 12 of them go into now these were not just anybody okay they weren't just volunteers these were the leaders from the tribes So these were top-tier leaders of God's people going into the promised land as a reconnaissance mission to check out the land. This was very, very important. And what happens, you guys know the story. The 12 go in to spy out the land, and when they come back, they give a report. Now understand this. The 12 spies that went in, they all received the same promise. They all have been received been talked to about what God has for them they they've all been been trained they've all been being uh, you know they've been they've been taught how God is going to take care of them they've been taught that there is a promised land for them they've been taught that God has an amazing future but 10 of them come back with a completely different report than Joshua and Caleb 10 of them just looked at the, at the 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 size of of the people they looked at their walls. They looked at all the things that they would have to fight and they pretty much concluded there is absolutely no way, there's absolutely no way we can take this land. And here's what Caleb said in Numbers chapter 13, verse 30. So said, Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of this land for we can certainly do it. When I think about that, Caleb, was, Caleb and Joshua were all by themselves. These other 10, they were concentrating on the size of the people that were going to have to fight. They were concentrating on the walls that they were going to have to tear down. They were concentrating on the terrain they were going to have to walk through. They were looking at everything else except the God that was on their side. They were looking at everything else instead of the God that has been faithful in all these years. It wasn't easy for them, but God had been faithful all the way through. And many times we do that. We forget about the blessings of God. We forget about how far God has brought us. And it allows us, we get in that mindset and we begin to miss out on what God has in store for us, the dreams that God has placed in our hearts. And that's exactly what I believe happened here. Caleb was trying to convince them, and they would would not listen They all had the same promises. They saw the same miracles. And Caleb and Joshua were the only two who stood on God's promises. They were the only two. And they found themselves in a position where they were going to have to take another detour. Have you ever been been like everything's coming together, whether it's in your job, in your marriage, relationship, in school, in an advancement? And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere... Something blindsides you and just completely changes your trajectory. Those are tough. And this is exactly what happens. In fact, in Numbers 14, verse 7, here's what it says. And they said to him, this is, again, this is Caleb. And they said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, He will lead us into the land, and the land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not be afraid of the people of the land, because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. This doesn't sound like a man who's accepting defeat. This does not sound like a man who is doubting God. This does not sound like a man who is about to go into battle and is scared. This is a man who is, his understanding, he's being defined by God and who he is. And he shares his heart with the people. And what happens in verse 10? But the whole assembly talked about stoning them. Then the glory of the Lord appeared in the tent meeting of all the Israelites. After pouring out his heart... (laughs) After pouring out what they, what they need to accomplish, and I would say 90% of that entire nation turned on them. I want you to, to imagine that. You're right there about to get your reward. You're right there at the border. And you're the only one who believes how quickly your dream begins to diminish, melt away. And that's exactly what was happening. How many know it's probably hard to remain courageous in during that time? And I don't know what Caleb was thinking during this moment, but there was still something inside of him that remained courageous. Even though the entire nation was against him, and what we're gonna see in this rest of this story, how he, all the things that he had to go through and the people that he had to fight against, and just the 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 just the, the seriousness of what they were gonna have to go through. Caleb remained courageous. Some the reason why he did is because Caleb embraced God's promise and dreams. He embraced it, he held on to it. He remained courageous why? Because he knew that he was no longer a slave. He knew that he was loved by God, but also because he knew that God, he embraced God's promises and dreams and he did not let go. And here's what happened as a result of them not believing that they could conquer the land. In Joshua chapter 14, verse 7, it says, "I was, listen to this. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. I brought him back a report according to my convictions. Verse 9. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land in which your feet have walked will be your inheritance And that of your children forever, because you have followed the Lord, my God, wholeheartedly. Now listen, I want you to listen to what what happened here. This is kind of the pinnacle of of the message right here that I want you to hold on to. Caleb, in this moment, he's remembering where Moses told him. Here it is again. The land in which your feet have walked will be your inheritance. And that of your children forever, because you have followed the Lord my God, wholeheartedly. Here was the promise that Caleb received. Caleb was going to have to find out that he was was 40 years old when he was given this promise, but it wasn't going to happen right away. He was going to have to wait quite a while. And the response to Joshua and Caleb when they were about to possess the promised land is they wanted to kill them because they were remaining as slaves. They were remaining in the past. And they were going to have to remain courageous. An entire generation basically was going to have to be, be, be put aside in order for, for them to, uh, to, to receive what God had given them. They found themselves as right at the border of going into the promised land the first time. They found themselves back in the desert for 40 more years. Now remember, I want you to remember, Caleb was 40 years old. This is supposed to be the time of his life. I mean, he's in his 40s. This is when he's probably supposed to be at least to man standards at, at, the, at the peak or right at the peak of his, his professional life, his corporate life. I mean, he's supposed to be slaying dragons. I mean, this is the time. You know, and so many times we get into areas of our life, whether it's in our 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, doesn't matter. There is a moment where something happens and it knocks us off our feet. And it discourages us. And it makes us take, takes our, take our focus off of a dream that God gave us. And I tell you, church, you have to, in this world, you have to remain courageous. You have to remain courageous. When God has given you something, when God has given you a dream, you need to hold on to it. It doesn't matter. Don't let your age uh, guide, uh, direct you in that. Let God direct you in who God says you are. Hold on to that. So we know that Caleb was courageous. The second thing, someone who's going to hold on to God's dreams, this person doesn't quit and perseveres. If you're going to, you're going to hold on to the dreams that God gives you, don't quit and continue to persevere. Let me read this again in Joshua 14, verse 7 I was 40 years old when Moses, a servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land of Canaan. I returned and gave them an honest report. So that day, Moses solemnly promised me, "The land of Canaan on which you were walking will be your grant of land, that of your descendants forever, because you wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God." Now, you know that Caleb would hold on to that dream for 45 years. Forty-five years. I began to think of how how he did it. Yes, I know he was courageous. He had to have been. I know that he had a never quit mentality and he persevered. But that has to be tough. That has to be tough. And it says here that in in these 40 years that he was going to have to hold on to this dream. And the the reality was it wasn't going to get better. In fact, it was going to get worse. It was going to get worse it was going to be a time where he did everything right he believed the way he should he heard the things of God he held on to the promise he did everything right and yet he was going to find himself wandering in a desert that God had not played that that was not God's plan but because of doubt, because of people that were just giving up, it sends them down a pathway. And can I tell you, when we give up, when we forget about who God is, we define ourselves as broken. We define ourselves as from past hurts. We feel like we can't make it. We feel like we, we are Nothing. The devil's going to have a heyday with that. He's going to want to keep you there. He, may not always, he might not completely win you, but if he can keep you feeling disappointed, he'll keep you from accomplishing what God has for your life. And Caleb, there was something inside of him that he had to muster up to be able to take every single step every single day. And I'm blown away by his, his perseverance. I'm blown away by his passion. I'm blown away by his courageous spirit. But I look back and I think if he is able to do that, if he was able to accomplish that, why didn't others follow him? Why was he still almost alone in this? And I think a lot of times because we forget what God has in store for us. We completely forget the good that God has, has for us. But he, had, he didn't quit. He persevered. My question to you Caleb was def- defined himself of who God saw who he was. But my question to you is, what defines you? Does your past define you? And is that keeping you from the dreams that God has given you? Does the hurt of somebody else define you? Or what somebody said? Isn't it crazy how it could take just a couple of seconds for someone to say something, but it take us years to get over? Many times that keeps us down. I want to tell you. Listen, you need to allow God to define you right now. That you are loved. That you are not a slave. That He has a plan. That has a purpose for your life. Some of you have had challenges and experiences of of hurt that you've allowed to define you. And I want and and ask you. I want to encourage you to be an overcomer. Don't allow that to keep you down. And Caleb was a man who just somehow, some way, I'm sure he had tough times. I'm sure he had times where he doubted. I'm sure he had times where he wanted to throw in the towel. But he remained courageous. He remained courageous in everything that he did, and he did not quit. The other thing that he had to do is he had to trust in God's timing. Now, that's one question that I think I'm going to ask in heaven. God, can you explain your timing? I'll be honest with you. It's okay to be honest in church. Is that all right? There are many moments where I don't understand God's timing. Can I, just, can I just tell you? I know he's sovereign, and I know he's good, and I know he has my best interests at hand. But from my perspective, many times I just don't understand. When I hear about circumstances that happen, when I hear about hurts that people are go through, and, but we have to learn to trust in God's timing, and that's exactly what Caleb did. I'm kind of beginning to land the plane here, so just hold on with me for a few more minutes. Caleb trusted in God's timing. In Joshua 14, verse 10, he says, Now as you can see, listen to this. This is where the story gets really good. Now as you can see, the Lord has kept me alive and well as he promised for all these 45 years since Moses made me this promise. Even while Israel wandered in the wilderness, today... I am 85 years old. This is Caleb. He was 40 when Moses said, you're, you're going to have an inheritance. You're going to have this land that's amazing. It's going to be incredible. And now it's 45 years later. And how does, he, how does he start this conversation? He says, now as you can see, the Lord has kept me alive and well. I don't know, Doug, if I would have been able to say it that way. You know, I'm barely making it, and God's brought me. I'm 85, and I'm barely making it, and I still haven't received my promise. I don't know. That's how I may have been thinking, just being honest with you. But what did Caleb say? He said, now as you can see, the Lord has kept me alive and well as he promised. He's 85 years old. He's lived with this dream for 45 years, a promise that God gave him when he was 40. And what happened when he was given that promise? He ended up in the desert, and he did nothing wrong. <laughs> Caleb did nothing wrong. In fact, he did everything right. He believed. He was courageous. He, he knew that he was no longer a slave. He was loved by God. He was trusted in God, and he finds himself in the desert I don't know about you, but I'm sure if I was Caleb, I probably would have had some complaining sessions with the Lord in the desert. God, how could you allow me to be here? I did everything right, and you have me in the desert for these 25 years already with these bozos, and it's not even my fault. They're the ones that did everything wrong. But for 40 years, Caleb would hold on to a dream. He would not let it go. He kept holding on and holding on, and holding on. And for 45 years, he held on. Let me ask you a question. How long does it take you to panic? You know, you ask a a child, hey, we're going to do this tomorrow. You might as well be telling them next year. But I don't know about you, but I've been in circumstances in my life where it's been about a week that I'm waiting for something, and I'm just dying inside. Try holding on to a dream for 45 years. That's exactly what Caleb did. He did that by trusting in God's timing and really through practical faith. Listen to this. In 1411, here's what he says. I am as strong now as I was when Moses sent me on that journey. How old was he when he was sent on that journey the first time? He was 40. How old is he now? Let me read this again. I am as strong now as I was when Moses sent me on that journey. And I can still travel and fight as well as I could then. He's 85. Do you believe that was true? That 85? Doesn't matter what you believed, it was it was true to Caleb. It didn't matter to what, what the what his people believed, all that Caleb knew is that though he was 85, he had the strength of the Lord to continue on. Caleb had the, uh, the, the, the strength of God to said he said, give me a sword and a spear, and I'll go lead this charge. He was not done. And humanly speaking, did he have a reason to throw in the towel? Absolutely. Forty years in the desert, not even his fault. I'm sure they went in circles. I'm sure they probably passed and like, man, I know I've seen that tree before. Why are we here again? But he remained courageous. He didn't let the circumstance define him. He, he knew that God loved him. He trusted in God's timing. And I think what I, what I believe that Caleb did all those years is that Caleb, both physically and spiritually, Caleb remained battle ready. You know, I think that when we're going through tough times, if we're not spiritually ready, we're going to get knocked off our feet. And that's why we got to be on guard all the time. What does Paul say? So if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. Many times we lose the focus of the dream that God has given us because we, we we just get swept off our feet because we're not battle ready spiritually. I also think that Caleb had to be battle ready physically. Oh, you didn't think I was going to go there, did you? He probably had to eat right. He probably, again, I'm talking about practical faith. He probably didn't live in San Antonio, which is the, the home of flour tortillas. That's all I'll say about that. But he kept fighting. He kept having practical faith, and I love it. I am as strong now as I was when Moses sent me. That's powerful. That's powerful. Last thing I want to share with you, to hold on to God's dreams, you need to live with purpose. Live with purpose. You know, when when they finally possessed the land and they began a camp, they're about to start a campaign, again, the second time. When this is in Joshua, it's just an incredible story. I absolutely love the Old Testament. When they go into this, this land, you know what Caleb could have said? He could have looked at Joshua and said, you know, Joshua, it's been real. Man, buddy, we, we have fought fights. We have, we have gone through the desert. We have had battle after battle. It's been real. So here's what I'd, here's what I'd like to request. If you could just give me uh, some land far away from the fighting, a nice stream. I just want to live out the remainder of my years, relaxed, I just don't want a lot of noise. Is that what Caleb did? Let's read what Caleb said in Joshua 14, verse 12. You see, Caleb purposed for his whole life, not just part of his life. Caleb purposed for his whole life. And here's what he said. So give me the hill country, the land, the the, uh, hill country, the Lord promised me. You will remember the scouts, we found the descendants of Einek living there in the, in the great wall towns. But if the Lord is with me, I will drive them out of the land just as the Lord said. In other words, he said, Give me the place where the enemy is, and I'll drive them out. Give me the place where, where the descendants of Enoch went. In fact, you translate that word Enoch, that meant terrible ones. They were, very, they were known as the terrorists of that time. And Caleb was saying, just give me that land, and I'll drive them out. Give me my sword, and give me my shield, and get out of the way. That's the spirit Caleb had even at 85 years old. Why? Because Caleb lived with purpose. And I'm telling you, I believe we need a church. We need a body of Christ in this day and age that lives with purpose that has that type of a spirit that says, you know what, give me my sword, give me my shield, and devil, get out of the way because I'm going to take our land back. Many of those types of beginnings begin with a dream, and I want to encourage you, don't let that dream go. Think about Caleb. He had every reason to throw out that dream, but he didn't. He held on to it because he lived with purpose. He purposed his whole life. The Bible says that he wholeheartedly, Followed the Lord in Joshua fourteen fourteen. He held on to his dream. He did not let go. He did not give up when he could have. Now listen, some of your stories they may be harder than I am, and I, that I've been stories that maybe I've had to experience. I don't know what you've been through, but can I tell you, church? Don't give up. i going to tell you, body of Christ, God's given you a dream. Some of you have a dream to go back to school. Go back to school. Some of you have had a dream to start a ministry, to, to start a small group here, or to get involved here at CT. You know, you want to really honor your pastors? Honor them by joining in the fight with your, your Caleb pastors. Honor them by by taking up a shield and a sword with them. Get involved. God's kindling something in your spirit to do something for the kingdom will begin right here. Get in line. Get Get in line with your pastors and fight with them. Be courageous. Know how God defines you and not your... Don't let... Let God define you, not your circumstance. Because once God gets inside of you, once God surrounds your heart... Can I tell you, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He'll help you to accomplish your dreams that God has given you. And some of you need to resurrect those dreams this week. Some of you need to resurrect those dreams this week. As I come to a close, yes, I, I, the keyboards, if you could come on up. And I'm going to pass it back over to, to your pastor in just a second. I want you to picture with me this, Pot of boiling hot water, okay? Steaming hot water. Now, when, you, when, when water's boiling, it, it looks a little intimidating, doesn't it? It's like it's, it's alive. It, it, it speaks. It, it's reaching out at you like it's got some tentacles. It could hurt you. It's, it can be very dangerous. And I want you to picture with me a, a carrot and an egg. Carrot comes up to the boiling hot water. It's just, it's just yelling at the carrot, and the carrot says, you know what, I'm solid all the way through. You're not going to be able to do anything to me. What happens? Carrot gets into the boiling hot water. Before too long, it turns into mush, just destroyed. Then an egg comes on the scene, and he looks at the boiling hot water, that monster-looking thing. He says, boiling water, you ain't got nothing. I've got a shield around me. I may be sensitive on the inside, but you can't do anything to me because I've got a force field. What happens to the egg? Gets inside the boiling water before too long. Changes everything inside of it. Becomes solid. But then there comes this, this small little bag of tea. Small little, intimi- just not even intimidating thing, just a small little bag of tea. I mean, that boiling hot water is, is shouting at it, laughing at it, and tea comes up on the scene and says, listen, boiling water, when I get inside of you, you're never going to be the same again. Boiling water, when I get inside of you, you're, your color's going to change. You're not even going to taste the same. You're not even going to have the same DNA anymore. When I get inside of you, everything is going to change some of you are already tracking with me let me tell you something when God gets a hold of your life when God gets a hold of the of who you are and he gets inside of you you're not going to act the same you're going to be able to fight different you're going to be able to hold on to your dreams differently you're going to be able to fight the way god intended when he gets a hold of you and here that's what i'm saying church if you have god's given you a dream if god has given you something to accomplish hold on to that dream resurrect that dream dream. Do something incredible for God. Don't let 2020 have the last word. Finish these last two months hard for the kingdom. Continue to fight through. Continue to be courageous, just as Caleb did. And I believe we can continue to shake the gates of hell until he comes. Father, I come before you in the name of Jesus. And God, I thank you, dear Lord, for your goodness. God, Lord, we celebrate what you have been doing here at CT, God. God, this is a special day to acknowledge the pastors that work hard, that labor, dear Lord. We do want to overwhelm them, dear Lord, with love, with appreciation, Lord. God, I know that you've placed dreams in their hearts, and I pray that, God, that those would be resurrected, that those would continue to to be on the front line, dear Lord. But, God, that there are those here today, God, that also have dreams, God, I pray that you would resurrect them in their lives, for their families, as individuals, for professionally, Lord, whatever the case may be. God, I ask you, God, that from this day forward, from this service, God, that there will be testimonies of people who are going to pursue what God has called them to do. That they're no longer going to keep them on the shelf. They're no longer going to keep it to the side. They're going to trust in who you are and who you have defined them to be. So, God, I pray a blessing over your people. I pray a blessing over the pastors of this church. God, continue to lead Pastor Doug and Janet as they lead this staff. God, the dreams that God gives them, the dream, dreams that God puts in their hearts to direct this congregation, Lord, I just prayed, Your Lord, that you would give them wisdom and the people that would come around them to help them to accomplish those dreams. Lord, we love you, God, and we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you, God, for the examples that you give us in the Bible to look at, God. If they made it, God, so could we. And I thank you and I give you praise. And it's in Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. You have been listening to CT Church in San Antonio, Texas. This recording was presented in the context of our Sunday service. For more information, please visit us at ctagsa.com. Connect with us on Facebook or call us at 210-657-3578.